it's time for us to uh, go ahead and get started tonight if we can, please. Phone's ringing. We are very happy to have all of you here tonight, and uh, we especially are grateful for some of the guests, the visitors we have tonight. You are our honored guest, and uh, we hope that uh, we treat you in a way that you'll want to come back and be with us anytime that you have an opportunity. Uh, it's good to see uh, Dee uh, Whirly back from her mission trip to Costa Rica. Weather here is quite different than what she's experienced in the last few days, but uh, we're glad to have her back safely. Uh, a few announcements that we want to make tonight. Uh, the teens and their families, we're going to have a devotional and fellowship this coming Sunday evening following our Bible classes uh, in the Annex, and uh, you're encouraged to please bring finger foods. Also, uh, lads to leaders, all guys and gals who plan to participate in speech are asked to meet uh, tonight in the little chapel immediately following a Bible class, and it says, bring a parrot. So please keep that in mind. Also, the Lads to Leaders uh, convention fees are now due, the deposits, and uh, the bulletin has the details on that. Uh, of course, uh, Sunday, February the 5th, which is a week and a half away, we'll have our men's breakfast in the annex at 8 o'clock. You can sign the list in the foyer uh, if you're going to attend that. We have a thank you note that I think it's good to share tonight. It says, Dear Boonville Church family, thank you hardly seems adequate for the outpouring of love shown to us in the recent death of our buddy. The many acts of kindness through your calls and texts, Facebook messages, cards, and visits to the funeral home will long be remembered, and your many, many prayers are what held us up during this sad time. We love you all, and we truly appreciate being able to call you church family. That's signed in Christian love, the family of Bud, uh, Buddy McAnally. Also, uh, the trip uh, this coming Friday to Winona for the World Evangelism uh, Warehouse is taking place. We're going to leave at 8 o'clock on Friday. And if you plan to go on this trip Friday, we need you to sign the list tonight so that uh, we can send an accurate account uh, for those that will be eating lunch there. So uh, please sign that list if you've not done so yet. Also, our food pantry and clothes closet, the item this week is uh, canned meat with a pop-top, uh, maybe Vienna, Spam, tuna, etc. So uh, please try to bring that if at all possible, and it would be much appreciated. And speaking of that, this coming Lord's Day is our fifth Sunday and our contribution is going to go toward benevolence. And uh, you've heard a lot about benevolence over the last few days and how involved the church is in this important work and all the good that's being accomplished uh, through this avenue uh, is only accomplished because of you and your generosity. So uh, we want to encourage you to maybe reach a little deeper in your pockets uh, before Sunday and plan to give so that we can continue uh, our work of benevolence because it's through the avenue of benevolence that we're able to share the gospel with many, many people who otherwise might not hear it. So please remember that uh, for this coming uh, Lord's Day. 
I want to mention as well that uh, Katie Bruce is still kind of in a state of waiting. She's in the hospital at New Albany, and uh, she has started uh, perhaps uh, toward having the baby, but it's still quite a ways away, so uh, they request our prayers, so we want to remember her. Also, we want to remember Joe and Linda Garrett. Uh, Linda's scheduled to go to Vanderbilt tomorrow. Uh, and they will be evaluating her and uh, her cancer situation. And we want to pray for her especially, uh, that things will go well in that regard. I'm going to lead a special prayer on her behalf in just a moment. But after that prayer, uh, Turner uh, Gibson Foster is going to be leading our singing. And uh, Rick Warner is going to lead us in our prayer. So will you bow with me? Our merciful, kind Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you for all that you do for us each day. We recognize our total and complete dependence on you in all things. Father, at this time, we want to ask a, a blessing on all those that are sick. But in particular, Father, we want to ask your special blessings on behalf of uh, Sister Linda Garrett. We pray that as she and Joe uh, journey to Nashville tomorrow to Vanderbilt, that they'll have a safe trip. Uh, we pray that her prognosis will be encouraging and good, and we are thankful for the very capable doctors there that will be taking care of her, and we, we just pray that you will be with her and that she'll be healed completely and restored to her health as soon as possible. And Father, we want to also ask a very special blessing for uh, our sister Katie Bruce as uh, she's about to give birth. We pray that everything will go well. We pray for the health of not only her, but especially uh, the baby. We pray that uh, everything will uh, be done in a way that uh, mother and baby will be fine and, and they will be blessed as a result of, of having this child. Bless their family as they wait, Father, as well. Fathers, we go through our Bible classes in just a few minutes. We pray that we'll listen, that we'll apply what we learn to our lives. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good afternoon. The invitation song today will be 904, Have You Been to Jesus? The song before the lesson today will be Soldiers of Christ Arise, 647. The first, the second, and the fifth verse. Let's all sing. Soldiers of Christ Arise Thank <laughs> you. 
followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, we recognize the fact that we are made perfect by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. And of course, Ephesians 6 and verse 10 emphasizes the fact that we are the workmanship of God and we are created for good works. Now, it may be the case that there are Christians here, even tonight, that may be thinking that they want to be more involved, that they are looking for something to actually do, and they just don't know exactly uh, where to turn in regard to doing some things for the Lord and His church. I thought I might just suggest briefly a few simple things that all of us can do regardless of our talent and abilities in order to really work and make a difference in the kingdom of God. I think all of us, for example, can pray daily for the church. Prayer is a very powerful thing. We're to pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17. And we can pray for this church. We can pray for our elders, our leaders. We can pray for the good works that are taking place here. And isn't it wonderful if our elders and others know that you are involved in praying for them? That's just a small thing, but it's very, very important. I think another thing that all of us can do without exception, regardless of our IQ, uh, is to lead somebody else to the gospel, to share the gospel to somebody else. It may be as easy as talking to someone or It may be just giving them an advertisement to some special event. Many of you have used the Save One Soul at a Time bags uh, that are back there. And it's not difficult to do to just put forth the effort and, and look for those opportunities wherein you can put in a good word for Jesus Christ. I think along that same line, another thing that we can do is try to reclaim a wayward Christian. You know, all of us are human beings. We're subject to faults. Sometimes we grow weary and well-doing. We become discouraged. And uh, all of us are not perfect in any way whatsoever. And so we need to keep our eyes open and encourage those who need our encouragement. And those that may be weak in faith, maybe just a word or two or a little interest shown toward that individual can make a difference in their lives. I think another simple thing that all of us can do is simply to invite a neighbor or a friend or a coworker to our worship services. You know, some t- so many times people don't come to our worship services because we simply don't invite them. Never underestimate the power of a personal invitation. People's lives have been changed. People have come to Christ just as the result of being invited to the services of the Lord's church. Then one more thing quickly that I believe all of us can do. You know, we need to search out visitors and we need to give those that we are not that familiar with a very warm greeting. And if they have children, perhaps we can help them find the appropriate class to go to do everything that we can to to make others feel welcome. And we probably could go on and on for a long time talking about things that, that we can do as the workmanship 
of Jesus Christ. I hope you'll take these things to heart tonight. You may be here tonight and you've never even obeyed the gospel. You're not a Christian. That can all change tonight if you're willing in your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, if you're willing to repent of your sins, tonight you can be immersed in water for the remission of those sins based upon your confession of faith in him. And so tonight, if you're subject to heaven's invitation, we ask that you come now while we stand and sing. Have you been Father, we're so thankful, Father, for the privilege that we have tonight to assemble here, Father, to sing these songs of praise unto thee and to study uh, another portion of thy word and, Father, to uh, be able to, to go to our classes and attend our classes and, and to study thy word. Father, we just pray that you would be with each one of us, that we would gain much from being here tonight and that we could live closer to thee because of it. We pray, Father, special blessing upon all those that have been mentioned as being sick. Especially pray, Father, for Katie and, and her baby as uh, she's uh, trying to deliver. Just be with each one of them. Pray a special blessing upon Sister Linda that she would get a good result when she goes to Vanderbilt. And uh, you just be with them and watch over them and keep them safe. We have others, Father, that are sick, and we just pray that you would, would be with each one of them. We have those that are bereaved, Father. We just pray that you would uh, be with each one of them. We, we especially pray tonight, Father, for the Estes family uh, in their loss, and just be with them and, and bless them, Father, and hold them up as only you can. We pray now, Father, for the leadership of our church. We just pray that you would be with our elders and all those that labor here and watch over them, Father, and help them to lead in a way that would be in accordance with thy will. We just pray now that you would go with us throughout the rest of the night and throughout the rest of our lives. And, Father, we know we mess up and fail thee at times, but we pray that we would turn from that and you would forgive us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs> 
Uh, we had 100 in the 30, 130 in college in the college class today. The uh, song before the uh, the song before we head off to our classes will be a thousand and five beautiful star of Bethlehem. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shining afar through shadows, giving the light for those who long have gone, and guiding the wise men on their way into the place where Jesus lay. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shining Beautiful star everybody. Really good to see you. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Yes? Good. All right. Have these people who are sick we're going to be praying about. Tonight is our last class for this quarter. And beginning next week, Adam is going to be in here teaching the book of Romans. So that will be something to really sink your teeth into. And you can look forward to that. Okay, let's go over this list. And then if you have somebody you would like to add, we'll put them on the list and then we'll pray for them. Irene Baker is Melinda Hester's mother. She has terminal cancer. Austin Wentz is John and Wilda's grandson. He's undergoing a long series of chemo treatments. Don Dawson's in bad health. Wade Davis just passed... Seven months missing. Hard to believe, isn't it? Carolyn Wilcutts in recovery. Bobby Petty is Joe Garrett's friend. He has lung cancer. Kelby Smith is not well with Parkinson's disease. Cody McGee is recovering uh, from his foot surgery. 
Chopper Taylor still suffering with pain in his legs. Larry Kennedy has lymphoma. Danny Ramdahl has kidney failure. Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rawlison has brain cancer. Lex Crossan has several health issues. Jonah Martha's sister Norma has chronic health issues. Tony Presley has leukemia. Marty Woodruff has cancer. Patsy Baines recovering from hip surgery. Eli Johnson, who is Martha and Joan's nephew, is undergoing treatments for cancer. Jackie Lambert, who is Dale's sister, she is going to be having surgery last day of this month, the 31st. James Goddard has cancer that has spread. Anybody have an update about Micah, the McBrayer family? Okay. Well, last I knew, he was at St. Jude's with leukemia. Hope, hope he's doing okay. Uh, Eddie's recovering from his surgery. Myra says he's about the same, whatever that means. But we're praying that same means good same. And it's just going to take a while for him to be back with us, I'm sure. Uh, how's Marley? Okay, good. Okay. What about her fainting? Okay. Then that all sounds great. Okay. Well, then we're going to pray for her and take her off the list. Is that okay? She's recovered. All right. Yay, a graduate. Uh, John Roten, he's, he's having some health issues. Uh, of course, Linda Garrett has been diagnosed with breast cancer. She's see the doctor tomorrow, kind of make some plans about what to do. So, you know, I imagine they're very anxious about that, but you wouldn't know it talking to Linda. It's a very strong faith. Uh, Ann Langford, who's Lisa Peck's friend, has pain in her legs. We want to pray for her. Lisa Hodgins been experiencing some severe abdominal pain and she was out Sunday because of it. And that again tonight, she had gone back to the emergency room yesterday and hopefully um, they've got her on something now that's going to help her situation. We just pray she'll have a, a full recovery and be back soon. Uh, Katie's in labor. Yay. And um, Jim's aunt, Jackie Estes, has passed away. Her funeral is at Waters Funeral Home in Baldwin on Saturday at 2 p.m. So we're going to remember that family too. Uh, anybody else? Yes, Marilyn. Andy is doing better. Andy, baby, his spirits are a lot better. And they are beginning to work with him and talk with him about a prosthesis. Is that what you said? Prosthetic. He lost his foot, yes. Yeah, he lost his foot. But Pat, sister Pat, she's just going downhill. She just, y'all just pray for her. They did some stomach tests day before yesterday. I don't know if they've heard from those, but she is just losing weight. She just really going down. 
Okay. Benny, Benny Gilly family, he passed away last week. That's G-I-L-L-E-Y. Yeah, I, I had that. It changed it. It thinks it knows better than me. Maybe it does. <laughs> yes, Deborah. Paul Goldman. Goldman, yes. Uh, Emma Hutton, she's 19 and has been recently diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. Anyone else? Yes. What's Crystal's last name? Miles. M-I-L-A-M. My sister goes to Gloucester Street, her mother. Okay. She doesn't go anywhere. But... Okay. This is a lot. And yeah. Um, There's a lot of cancer. Okay. Well, let's pray about it. And then we'll begin our study. Thank you for being here. Yes.
Okay? Well, we're praying for her too. Pray she recovers well. All right, let's bow. Our Father, thank you for your blessings today. And thank you for watching over us, providing for us, and making it possible for us to assemble here. It's just such a blessing to be with our brothers and sisters. We pray for these folks that are either members here or friends of ours or family. And we pray for comfort in losses. We pray for encouragement. Those who suffer emotionally, we pray for physical blessing for those who've been sick or have had surgery or injured in some ways. We pray your comfort on Irene Baker's family. We pray they'll have good days. Bless Austin Wentz and his treatments and give him physical strength to endure what he's going through. We pray for Wilda as she's had eye surgery and we pray that she'll have a full recovery and, and be back to her normal routine very soon. And we pray it restores her sight. And we also pray for a Jimmy in that regard as she also had eye surgery this week. We pray for Don Dawson, who's not been well. We pray he'll have good days. We pray for Brenda as she attends to him. Bless the Wade Davis family as he's been missing seven months now. And we pray comfort for Sue especially. Bless Carolyn Wilcott and her recovery. We ask your blessings on Bobby Petty in his battle with lung cancer. Bless Kelby Smith that he'll have good days. Bless Cody McGee that he'll have full use of his foot again. We pray that Chopper can get some kind of indication of what's causing his suffering and get a treatment that will help him to recover. We pray for Larry Kennedy, who has lymphoma. Bless Danny Ramdahl and his treatment. Pray for Van Roberts, who has cancer, and Paul Rollison, who has cancer. We pray for Lex Crossan, who's not well, and Norma, who's not well. We pray for Tony Presley and his battle with leukemia. And Marty Woodruff in his bat battle with cancer. Pray for Patsy Bain in her recovery and we look forward to seeing her soon. We pray for Eli Johnson and his treatments that he can bear up under that. We ask your blessings on Jackie Lambert as she has surgery very soon and we pray it's a full success for her. Please be with James Goddard who's battling cancer. For Micah McBrayer who has leukemia. We pray your blessings on Eddie Mooney and his recovery, that he'll get stronger every day and be back with us soon. We're thankful that Marley's doing so much better and all of her extraneous issues have been resolved. And we just pray that she'll be able to get back to normal and that her arm will function as intended. We pray for John Roten, that he'll have good days. We ask your blessings on Linda Garrett on their trip to Vanderbilt, that it'll be safe and that they can return safely. And especially with regard to the meeting that she'll have. And we pray that, we pray first of all, that the cancer isn't advanced at all. And we also pray that whatever treatment they prescribe will result in a full recovery. Please be with Ann Langford as she's suffering with pain in her legs. We pray for Lisa Hodgen, who's been suffering with abdominal pain. We ask your blessings on Katie Bruce and on her baby. And we pray your blessings on those who are caring for her right now. 
We pray blessings on the Estes family and Jackie's death. We pray your comfort on them. And especially in the days that are coming and for Saturday, those are difficult times. And we just pray your blessing on that family for comfort. Be with Andy Bailey, who's lost a foot, and we are thankful that he's doing better, but we pray a, a good recovery and a, a good transition to this prosthesis. Pray for Marilyn's sister, Pat, who's not well. We pray for the Gilly family and Benny's death. We ask your blessings on Paul Goldman, who has some health problems. Bless Emma Hutton, who's been diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma. We pray for Paul Nichols, who has stage four pancreatic cancer. Be with Sue as she often is afflicted with illness. She cares for her grandchildren, and we just pray that she'll feel better and be back here soon, and also be with Hayden in his recovery. We pray for Riley, who's out of the ICU and stable, but still in dire straits. And we just pray that whatever can be done in this situation will be, and that circumstances will get better. We pray for Crystal Millam, who's losing a kidney due to cancer, and other organs that are involved. It just seems like a also a very dire situation. And we, we pray your blessings on Crystal and her family, their comfort and encouragement. And Lord, it just seems like so many, so many are suffering around us. Help us always be grateful, not to take our health for granted. And in this blessed state that we feel we are in, I pray you'll motivate us to reach out to those who do suffer and uh, do our best to help bear some of their burden. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we have to study together and pray it'll be a benefit and a blessing to all of us. Thank you for your church and its distinctive nature. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to ask you, is one Boonville as good as another? Well, you can't read that, but I can. Is one boonful just as good as another? No? What do you think the best boonful in the world is? I think it's Boonville, Mississippi. That's just my preference. I told you, it's been two, three weeks ago, that there's also a Boonville, Arkansas. Yep. That Boonville, Arkansas, guess what, has Walmart. It also has banks. Let's see, um, it has gas stations. It also has a post office. That's no little feat these days when they're closing post offices. So what is it you say that makes Boonville, Mississippi different from Boonville, Arkansas, because so far they're the same. Okay, you think there's no church in Boonville, Arkansas? <laughs> okay, our church, 
Listen, I was talking to somebody, a visitor here on Sunday, and they said, just confirmed what I already knew, they said that they believed that the Boonville Church of Christ, if it wasn't the best, it was one of the best churches in the brotherhood. You know what I said? Yes. Well, of course. I mean, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I, I, I believe that's true. It's a great place. It's a wonderful. If you, don't, if you don't know that, if you think of negative things about this church, then do not ever go anywhere else. Because Boonville is a great place to be. So, yeah, I'm with you there. I think the church here makes Boonville a better than Boonville, Arkansas. Uh, is that it? Are they all the same? Okay, we've got those things too. <laughs> I mean, we, you see all that right there? We got that too. Plus we've got... Okay, yeah. As regards the post office, we've got Bo Gross. Yeah! Hey, best postmaster. Uh, we could go on and on, I guess, about those things. What, what I just want to... What I want to point out is that there is one Boonville, Mississippi. Now, there might be other places. There's a Boonville, Arkansas. You know there's a Boonville, New York. New York? Yeah, there actually is. I don't want any of those places. I want Boonville, Mississippi because it's very distinctive. It's unique. I think it stands all by itself as a great place. So I, I mentioned that just as a simple comparison to remind us of what we've been studying all these weeks. And that is the distinctive nature of the New Testament church. There are a lot of organizations that refer to themselves as churches. And there are even churches that refer to themselves as churches of Christ. But the way I know that I'm a part of the church that I find in the Bible, as opposed to those other so-called churches is that the church of the Bible can be replicated in every generation by simply adhering itself to the teaching of the Word of God. Luke chapter 8, verse 11, the seed is the Word of God. So the idea is, if I can plant the Word of God in every generation, then what will come forth out of that planting will be a Christian. Uh, one who's obedient to the gospel. And when you're obedient to the gospel, the Lord automatically does what? Acts 2, verse 47. He adds you to the church. And then, guess what? The church is now what? The church is now in existence. Yes, you obey the gospel. The Lord adds you to the church. The church is in existence. Uh, many of you know the history of how this particular congregation came to be. But I just, I just want to emphasize the fact that every church is not the church of the Bible. So what we, want to, what we want to do is we want to think tonight about the kinds of things to look for when we're trying to find the church of the Bible, okay? And these are just a handful of things. There's probably a lot more that we could talk about. We have talked about over several weeks, but this is just in some ways a review 
of what we have discussed, things that I think are especially important as you are identifying the church. You will remember that for one thing, the church is independent. And what I mean by that is it's not a part of some other religious organization. Each local church stands on its own, isn't, doesn't answer to any other congregation. Each in congregation is independent, but it's supposed to be also the same as other churches that are made up of people who have obeyed the gospel and been added to the church. Yes, yes. Um, if you don't mind, Rick, a couple of passages. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17 is one of them. And then the other one, these are kind of bookends. The other one is chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians and verse 33. This is just going to remind us of what the apostle Paul did. Some people, if you read the book of Galatians, you get the idea that some people had the idea that Paul taught a different gospel and he changed it everywhere he went to fit the dynamics of the place where he was. He taught one thing to Jews. He taught another thing to Gentiles. Paul refutes that throughout the entire book. But what we read here in 1 Corinthians really tells us what Paul's practice actually was. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 17. For this cause I have sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Oh, so Paul says, I'm going to send Timothy, but he, here's what he's going to remind you of. That no matter where I went, what did I do? taught the same thing in every place. There was no confusion in Paul's doctrine. Paul taught the same thing in every place. Okay, here's a quiz. You remember what 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 says? Paul tells Timothy, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, what? Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You see there, Paul says, well, Okay, what I've received, and by the way, Galatians 1, 11 and 12, he didn't receive it from men. He received it as revelation from Jesus Christ. So what I've received by revelation of Jesus Christ, I'm sharing with you, and then you share that with faithful men, and they'll be able to teach other faithful men. And the word faithful indicates what about those who are receiving that message? They're going to be faithful. They're going to be true to the message. I taught the same thing in every place. What's he say at the end of the book, chapter 14, verse 33? For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion. If you're the author of something, what does that mean about you? Okay, it belongs to you. You originated it. You originated. Did God originate religious confusion? No. In fact, it, here's, how, here's how it would be if God created religious confusion. He would have taught one thing to the Galatian churches. Then he had taught another thing over there in Philippi, another thing over there in Corinth, another thing. You see where I'm going? He would have taught different things everywhere. Paul says, no, taught the same thing in every church. 
And here's the thing about God. God is not the author. He is not the originator of confusion as in the other churches or in all the other churches. Whatever happened in one place was to be communicated to everywhere else. Yes? Do you remember a time, I do, when, for instance, you could go on vacation. You could just look up Church of Christ in Boonville, Arkansas. <laughs> and you would know that that church is going to be exactly like the church where you are a local member. You remember those days? You could travel clear across the country. You didn't have to worry about it. Nowadays, you're taking a chance to just show up somewhere just because it has what you recognize as being a correct name on the sign doesn't mean that that's what's going on the inside of that building. We have to adhere to the doctrine or the truth that God has once communicated. The beautiful thing about that is that we do not rely upon word of mouth communication from generation to generation. Could you imagine if Paul was saying, well, what you've heard from me, now you kind of get it in your head and you communicate that, and then every generation we will communicate it verbally and we'll, we'll go that way. Have you ever done that little exercise where you get a line and one person starts and says something and they, they go down the way? It's supposed to be a lesson on gossip, I think. But this also fits this illustration here, right? If I communicate the truth to you and then you just verbally communicate it, by the time we get through, we probably wouldn't have had to go through four or five generations before it really got off the rails, which actually kind of happened because the dark ages were dark because what did most people not have the ability to do? Read. They couldn't read. They didn't even have access to the Word of God. The Word of God written in Latin which only the very well-educated could read going generations down. You could only access a Bible as it was chained to a pulpit. And you didn't have access to it anyway. That's why when the printing press came along, it just blew everything apart. Because some people had a monopoly on what they called the truth, which come to find out wasn't the truth at all. What we benefit from is that Bible that you can carry around in your hand. And someone has asked, um, do we have apostles today? Well, we don't have flesh and blood apostles anymore, but you know what we do have? We have the inspired word that was written by these apostles. And when you read that, it is as though they are sitting right there and telling it to you. Yes? Yes. Uh, you come in my office and you can know that I sit at the feet of scholars who are long dead. But what they had to say is still valuable. That's not outdated. It doesn't go away. So every church is different in a location. But, yes, I sense that too. Uh, but they're all the same in the message that they communicate. A second thing is that every church is organized. There's leadership in those churches. Put this, this is kind of like one of those tanker things where you're in flight. Okay. 
Okay, so every every church is recognized. It's good to have Jeremy right here. With scripturally qualified leaders. You can find those qualifications where? You remember? Okay, 1 Timothy 3, you'll find in verses 1 to 7, you'll find the qualifications for elders, yes? Elders. Uh, in verses 8 to 13, you'll find qualifications for deacons. Um, also with elders, Titus chapter 1, verses 5 to 9, and also 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. In those places, you'll find qualifications, descriptions of the shepherds of the Lord's church. Leaders. Qualified scriptural leaders. Overseers, bishops, on and on. Another thing you're going to notice about the true church is that it preaches the gospel of the death, burial, resurrection. I only mention that because I, I, I have experience with people who said, yeah, we just, you know, we just we get together and we, just, we preach the gospel. We preach the good news. And I'm like, well, like, like what? And then they talk about, you know, how you know, God's going to prosper you this way or that. He's going to walk with you and... You know, you know, the gospel, the good news. And I thought to myself, you apparently don't have a clue about what the gospel is. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In connection with that, if a church is teaching that, then what do we expect to see in terms of, for instance, maybe the most important matter we would ever discuss in the church. In fact, the very thing that makes you a member of that church. Well, let's, let's back up. We're first going to do what? We're going to hear it, right? Romans 10, verse 17. Then what are we going to do? Hear, believe. What do you need to believe? Okay. John 8, and verse 24. If you don't believe that I'm he, you will die in your sins. What else do you have to do? Repent. Repent from what? Okay. We usually go to Luke 13, verse 3, because it's pretty dramatic. Unless you repent, what? You're going to perish. That's not good, so you better do what? Better repent. Um, what about confess? And which one will you reference? Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Okay, yeah, confessing to the Father. Confession. Yeah, absolutely. And if you deny Him, what does He do? Uh, he's going to deny you. Oops. Um, so, hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Um, Acts 2, 38. And almost every, almost every one of these is recorded in Acts chapter 8. Uh, verses 36 and following. The conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch is about as pure a description of what happens as, as there is. Nevertheless, let's think about the church. 
If I if I if I find a church, even if it says I'm up there on the sign that it's the Church of Christ, it's Christ's church, somehow it indicates that. If the gospel quote unquote that they preach is just um, faith only, believe on the Lord Jesus, say this prayer, you'll be saved. Is that the gospel? That doesn't even include the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You say, well, it's believing in that. Yeah, but there's more to that than just believing in it, isn't there? We're supposed to obey the gospel. How do you obey just something you believe in? Well, we find out in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, that that's actually what act. It's this one, baptism. So if... If you're only teaching faith or you're only teaching grace, but that grace doesn't even have anything to do with the gospel. Someone says you're saved by grace alone. Okay, I understand being saved by grace, but grace is God's gift. I offer you a gift. You can do either one of two things with it. You can accept it or you can reject it. You accept this gift from God by doing what? Obeying and being baptized, having your sins washed away. You refuse it by doing what? Nothing. By doing nothing. Jesus said, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That's, that's strong language, but that's from Jesus. Um, I've, I've shown you before, uh, many times probably, Romans 1.16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, that gospel, is the power of God to salvation for whom? For everyone who believes. Belief is a prerequisite to obeying the gospel. Belief is not the gospel. Belief is a prerequisite to obeying the gospel. Does, is, does that make sense? Isn't that simple as can be? If you find a church but it doesn't subscribe to that, it's not the church that you read about in the Bible. This is also a church that has no man-made, you can't read that, I can't hardly read that, creeds or organization. What's a creed? Yeah, it's a, I think that originally the idea of a creed uh, they talk about the Apostles' Creed that was developed about four or 500 A.D. Um, I think originally the idea of having a creed was supposed to be helpful. Like, you don't know everything about the Bible, but if you could just remember these salient points, then you'd be okay. But guess how those salient points were developed? It's not, well, Acts chapter 2, verse 28, this, and on down the line scripture, it's just point number one, my interpretation. Point number two, my interpretation. Point number three, my interpretation. Point number four, my interpretation about biblical things. If all that you are receiving is information about something, then you haven't gone to the what? You haven't gone to the source. God is not the author of confusion. You say, well, seems like creed would be you know, simple. You're just writing out the facts. Guess what? Is there only one of those creeds out there? No, there's many. There are as many of those practically as there are religious groups out there. 
man-made creeds are nothing more than the, than the writing down of the opinions of somebody. So if you have the wrong opinion and you subscribe and people subscribe to your wrong opinion, then what has happened? Your error has become multiplied, right? Multiplied. No. Uh, we don't read salient points about, if you just remember these, that's good enough. No. The gospel message, the way of salvation, the expectation that God has of us is not wrapped up in just a few little bullet points. So, none of that. Oh, an organization. So, remember when we were talking about, well, this is in the, this is in the leadership class, but most of you are in that class too. Remember how we've been talking about, you know, elders are also bishops, they're pastors, they're shepherds, they're overseers, they're presbyters, that. All those terms referring to the same office. And yet, very freely, most religious groups out there would refer to me, who is not an elder or bishop in the church, but they'll refer to me as a pastor. When I hear somebody talk like that, the immediate first thing that goes up is, you don't know the scripture. Um, and you're ignorant about that. I don't mean they're ignorant generally. I mean they're ignorant about that. Well, where did they get that understanding? You don't get that understanding from reading the scripture because it's not confused like that. God's not the author of confusion. Where you get that confusion is from somebody standing in a pulpit telling you that that's the way it is. Again, the opinion of men. A question, is the opinion of a man a reliable base upon which you should rest your salvation, your eternal destiny? My preacher said so, therefore, my grandma said, my grandpa said, my mom and dad, that's what they believe. Is that a good measure for you eternally? The answer should be emphatically no. I always want to go to the source. Yes? Please go to the source. Number five, we were going to talk about worship because I see them starting to come in. It is simple. You can look these up yourself. In John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, what kind of worship is God looking for that's simple? Worship that's in spirit and in truth. So our, spirit, our, our worship is to be spiritual Spiritual worship is not emotional worship. I want to make us clear about that. I wanted to spend some time in that. Maybe I'll get the chance over there in the tack. Uh, but just because something's emotional doesn't make it spiritual. John chapter 6 and verse 63 says that spiritual things are based on Christ's words, which now gives us um, a greater hook on the second thing that's mentioned in that text, and that is not only is it spiritual, that is it's based on the words of Christ. Think about Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. But then he goes on to tell us to do what? Sing, right? Going to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Wait a minute. That's an act of worship, but it's based on what? It's based on the words of of Christ, the Spirit of Christ dwelling in you richly. Uh, it's also going to be scriptural. scriptural. Uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 
verses 9 and 10. These people draw near to me with their mouths on me, with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Commandments of men is just another way of saying their opinions about what I said. Their opinions about what I said. When you worship God, do you worship Him on the basis of somebody's opinion about what worship should be? Say emphatically, no, sir. I want to do what the Bible says because that's the only kind of worship that's actually spiritual. Think about that. Somebody who is banging on the drums or pulling on the strings of that bass or that guitar and they tell you this is a spiritual worship does not know what they're talking about. Did Jesus ever say anything about that? Using instruments in worship. In fact, very far from it. So that couldn't possibly... It might be emotional. I get emotional when they turn the lights down and start strumming that sweet music, don't you? But that's not for worship. Worship that's spiritual is enacted by the Word of Christ, not our emotions. Thank you for your attention. Let's have a quick prayer together and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for this time that we can study together. Thank you for your Word. I pray that we'll always hold dear to it and close to it and foil our attempts when we try to express our opinions as being the absolute truth. I pray, Father, for this church that we will grow and be stronger in you than ever before, and thank you for the privilege it is to be a member of the church here in Boonville, Mississippi. We pray, Lord, that we'll be a shining light in this community and be distinctive in our practice. In Jesus' name, amen.